And good evening, or good evening, listen to me. It shows you how long of a day it's been already today. Good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Monday. We've got a whole bunch to talk with you all about today. Apologize in advance if we're a little flustered to start the show. Uh, you guys know this who listen regularly on Mondays. We build their newspaper over at the Gazette, and today was just a day, and I'll leave it at that. I'm actually just walking into the studio. Didn't do a whole lot of show prep, but we'll make it work. I know what I want to say, and I know when I want to say it. We'll have Coach Brian Colley on at 12.15 to chat about South Lafouche High School getting their big victory over Morgan City. We'll also talk with him about LSU and the Saints and all the usual particulars that we chat with the coach about. We'll also talk in the next segment about LSU getting a victory over Florida and how, you know, I thought it was a great sign. Remember we said last week we were going to learn something about LSU either way. thought it was a great sign seeing the way that the Tigers bounce back and played well and go on the road and, and get a win in the swamp. Also, we'll talk about the Saints because what wasn't a great sign is the fact that the Saints fall to two and four on the season. Just They just can't get any rhythm. They just can't get into any type of flow. They're losing close. And yeah, Dennis Allen is saying every week, oh, you know, we're losing close. We're right there. Well, until you start making it happen, um, we're not going to believe that you're actually right there. But anyway, we'll get into all that. We've got our W's and our L's and everything in the store, Brian, at, at, at 12-15. But first, we've got to dive into our local scoreboard for our local high school week. That was because we had just some awesome games in week seven. Look, it's been a high school football season so far. We've documented it. We haven't shied away from it. A lot of local teams that were expecting to do great are not doing great. <laughs> and there have been a lot of weeks. Heck, there was a week where LaFouche went 0-4. Um, there were a lot of weeks where, you know, maybe just one or two local teams total one. Well, this week we did have some local teams fight back and find some good results. We start off with East St. John getting a 27-10 win over Central LaFouche. Look, no one likes to lose a football game, right? No one. Um, but Coach Vedros and his crew played their butts off out there in reserve. It was 14 to 10 at halftime. Then East St. John pulls away, wins 27 to 10. East St. John's undefeated. It's not like this situation where East St. John's two and four coming in and you know they're 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 hit or miss. No, they're undefeated. They're genuinely one of the best teams in 5A. They beat the snot out of Hanville earlier this season. So they were coming into the game playing really well in a game that a lot of folks assumed was going to be a blowout ended up not being a blowout because East St. John, you know, they central Lafouche was giving them some problems, 14 to 10 and a half, then 27 to 10 the Wildcats pull away out in the home area. Destrahan gets a 42 to six win over Terrebonne. Destrahan stays undefeated on the season. They are, they're ridiculously good. We, we talked with Stan about this on the sports corner on Saturday. He said, yeah, it was like 28 nothing at the end of the first quarter. And, you know, just detailing and breaking down how dominant that team is. And I truly believe this, and, and he brought this up, and I truly believe this. This is a great point mentioned by him on Saturday. The biggest opponent for Destrahan right now is Destrahan. They've not been challenged. So what happens when they get into the fourth quarter of a closed game? Like, will they be conditioned? Will they get tired? Will they know how to handle those situations? The biggest opponent right now for the Destrahan Wildcats is the Destrahan Wildcats. How do you keep getting better and progressing and working through those situations when you have not been put in those situations? That's 
That's going to be a big chore for them because the schedule is going to toughen up, obviously, when you get into the postseason. Thibodeau 34, HL Bourgeois 7. It was a great showing for the Thibodeau defense. The much maligned Thibodeau defense, a group that has struggled throughout the course of the year. They push back HL Bourgeois. They get their ground game going. They get hundreds of yards on the ground, only 80 yards passing. They get a 34-7 win over Bourgeois. Lutcher. A lot of folks wondering maybe, oh, well, just how good is Lutcher? Well, they proved it to us. They get a 35-14 win over Hanville on Friday. Lutcher's as good as anybody. Would they beat Destrahan? Eh, I would lean towards Destrahan being the favorite in that game, but they would be right with them. They'd certainly be right with them, and they get a 35-14 win over Hanville and stay hot in what's actually non-district game there. We broke down on Friday's show, so I'm not going to go into too much detail here about Ellender beating Assumption 38-37 to in just a thrilling game, which will set the stage for Ellender and Vanderbilt this coming week. Um, but tra- talking with Jesse Turner on Saturday, man, they did have some sustaining injuries. We remember we talked about how beat up they were on Friday. They did have some long-lasting injuries there. You know, Jesse said some of the guys who went down are likely not going to be back anytime soon. Uh, so we'll see how that affects Ellender as they get a one-point win over Assumption. South Lafouche, 59, Morgan City, 24, a game you were able to hear right here on KLEB. Um, it was a struggle early. It was 12-9 to 9 and 18-15. Uh, to 15. It was a struggle early. It was a bit of a shootout early. But then the Tarpon defense started playing well, and Morgan City's defense never had a chance. South Lafouche was going to score every time that they needed to, to in order to win this football game. They scored every single possession with the starters in the game. So, like, for the first three quarters of the game, they scored every single time they got the ball. And that was while committing some penalties. Like, they were converting second and 20 and third and 10. And, like, they were against the chain sometimes and were still converting. They get a dominant win over Morgan City. The effort was better. The spirit was better. At the end of the day, yeah, it is still Morgan City, but it was good to see the players playing with some vibe and some competitive spirit. South Terrebonne, 16. Vanderbilt, 14. Same like Eleanor. We broke that one down for you in Friday's show. So, go back into the library and listen to that one if you want to hear our thoughts as the Gators get a huge win. E.D. White, 41, Donaldsonville, 8. Was looking at some photos. want to thank Brad Weimer for shooting that ball game for us over at the Gazette. Um, man, just dominant rush offense. You know, every other picture in the gallery is a picture of Jeff Dietrich, you know, breaking one and, and getting through the line of scrimmage. And it was a little bit of a grind early. It was 14-8 to eight at the end of the first quarter. But that's just the way that E.D. White plays, right? Like, they just wear on you. It's physicality for the full 48 minutes. And while, yeah, you might be up to the challenge for the first 20 minutes, somewhere usually around that mark of the middle of the second quarter, that dam starts to leak some water, and then you know a little more seeps in, and then before you know it, you're just in a full-fledged flood, and you're down by three scores. And it's not sexy football, but it's very effective football with E.D. White improving to 6-1 on the season with a 41-8 win over Donaldsonville. CCA gets a 30-20 win over Highland Baptist, their third win of the season. Actually had a photographer at that game. Abby Lazard shot the first half of CCA and Highland Baptist and was a little surprised because she was sending me scoreboard updates from there, and Highland Baptist was winning in all of the updates. But CCA mounts a second-half rally, and they get a 30-20 to 20 win over at Nichols State University. A big, big win for their program, keeping some momentum. And last but not least, you got Homa Christian getting a 47 to nothing win over Rosenwald. 
That's going to be a game that won't count in the PowerPoints. Rosenwald is not an LHSA school, so it's kind of an unsanctioned, almost like an exhibition game. But a Homer Christian gets a 47 to nothing win over them and keeps the momentum rolling. So let's catch our first break, and congratulations to all the local teams that made a mark and made a stand and did well. Let's catch our first break. When we get back, we'll be chatting about LSU's big victory out in the swamp. Then we'll talk about the Saints. Then we'll have Brian. Then we'll get our W's and L's. Then our picks. It's play-by-play rocking and rolling on this Monday right here on KLEB. This Black and Gold Report is brought to you by Rouse's Markets. You'll love us for more than just low prices, like unbeatable quality and making shopping easy with pickup and delivery options. Come shop with us today. Rouse's Markets. Feels like home. The win was there for New Orleans. 2-10 to play, up two. But a bad punt gave Cincinnati really good field position. Ball throwing this side of the field. Jamar Chase with the catch and up the sideline. And there he goes. Jamar Chase to the end zone for the touchdown. 60 yards. That score was the difference. 30-26 to the final. Joe Burrow 300 yards, three TDs. Rumble's Jamar Chase, seven grabs, 132 yards, two touchdowns. Saints head coach Dennis Allen. It's proud of the way our guys competed but yet disappointed that we didn't make those plays at the end of the game to give us an opportunity to win the game. So short turnaround, Thursday night game. So we got a lot of we got a lot of stuff to clean up in a short period of time. The loss puts the Saints at two and four with a game in Arizona coming on Thursday. Just go back to work. Go back to work. That's all you can do. And and that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go back to work. We'll put a good plan together for Arizona and we'll go out and, you know, compete our ass off and, and play good. For more in the black and gold, keep it here on ESPN New Orleans. This Black and Gold Report has been brought to you by Rouse's Markets. For unbeatable quality and shopping made easy, try our pickup and delivery options. Come shop with us. Rouse's Markets feels like home. As a father of triplet girls, State Representative Tanner McGee defended our conservative family values in the legislature. Now, he wants to bring those same values to the Court of Appeal. A respected attorney with over a decade of legal experience, Tanner McGee will be a judge who upholds the Constitution defends the rule of law, and protects our families from violent criminals, just like he protects his own. Tanner McGee for Judge. Paid for by the friends of Tanner McGee. You may think every weather app is the same, until you see WeatherBug over-deliver on so many layers. With more free map layers than any other weather app, WeatherBug warns you the moment lightning strikes near you, prepares you for your commute with road conditions, routes, and even cameras. With everything from pollen and air quality to severe storm risks, radar, and satellite coverage, WeatherBug prepares you for the unpredictable. Download the WeatherBug app, trusted by over 10 million users, today for free. The music on the bayou, the all-new Ragin' Cajun 102.7 FM. Welcome back to Play by Play. Casey Gisclair here. Hope you guys are enjoying your Monday. I didn't get a chance to go to the sponsor sheet in the first segment, so let me get that out of the way now. We want to thank the Blue Boot Foundation, Bent's RV, located on Highway 90 in Booty, Southland Dodge and Homa, Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. New Friend Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Golden Motors, where price is priority. 
proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and Community Youth Sports Organizations. Reminder, join us for high school varsity football coverage. Not Friday night this week, Thursday night, South Lafouche taking on St. Louis Catholic. Pre-game about 6.30, kickoff 7 o'clock. Our broadcast sponsored by 3T Oil, Lady of the Sea General Hospital, State Bank and Trust Company, Advanced Eye Institute, uh, State Farm Agent Ashley Barrios, uh, Danos, Golden Motors, Dufresne Building Materials, Tanner McGee for Judge Court of Appeals, Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, Joe Septic Contractors, Terrebonne General Medical Center, Southland Dodge, Rouse's Markets, South Lafouche Bank, Rev, and Heather Hendricks, candidate for Lafouche Parish Judge Division A. So, let's talk some LSU football here for a second. The Tigers get a road win 45-35 to against Florida. Let's kind of take it from a good, bad, and ugly approach. Let's start with the bad stuff, and then we'll get to the good stuff. The worst of the worst for LSU on Saturday was a continuing theme. The LSU special teams are an abomination. Brian Polian, I sure hope, is going to be a one and done. And I don't like to call out coaches like that. I don't. But when you have a problem that continues to be a problem every week, and then it's a different part of the unit that breaks every week. At some point, you got to start pointing the finger at the person who's the head of the unit. From the first game of the season, the LSU special teams have been trash. From the first game of the year, you get kicks blocked, extra point blocked, it costs you a game, dropping punts, can't catch kicks. Then some games you give up returns. Then some games you're, you're like, it's just been a laundry list of mistakes. It was mistakes that continued on Saturday in the swamp. The opening kickoff gets run from the end zone to the 50-yard line. Sets up a moderately short field for Florida, which turns into a touchdown. Then LSU gets a little momentum. It's 14-14. to 14. Florida has to punt. You drop the damn punt. Florida gets more free points. Your special teams now, two weeks in a row, because remember Tennessee, you drop the opening kickoff, fumble it, then you give up a long punt return. That was 10 free points. This week, arguably, you know, 14 free points. Your special teams cannot be a unit, cannot be a unit that weekly hemorrhages touchdowns. Oh, here's here's 10 free points. Here's 17 free points. That can't happen. It is a dumpster fire of a unit that is coached by a guy who every time they show him on the sidelines is just staring off into the gaze are gazing off into the sunset looking like he doesn't have a damn clue where he is. I said it last week. I echo it right now. It's a guy who comes from an NFL pedigree. The NFL is a huge fraternity. Huge fraternity. They take care of their own. Look at Nathaniel Hackett with the Broncos, who is another guy who doesn't even barely know where he's at most of the time when he's coaching. But because his his old man did the same thing, he's in the fraternity. 
So the fact that this dude here comes from that pedigree, but yet isn't in the fraternity, tells you all that you need to know. If they don't even want him where they know him, then what's going on here? Why is he continuing to get these opportunities? That's got to be a one and done. That can't be anything more than a one and done because the LSU special teams are hemorrhaging touchdowns every single week. And it's easy to say, oh, well, blame Jack Besh. He's the one who dropped it. I don't blame Jack Besh. If, if he can't catch the ball back there, he shouldn't be back there. That's two weeks in a row it happens. When players make re- repeat mistakes, replace them. Get somebody else who could do the job. So that's a negative point. And yeah, they did make the big clutch field goal at the end, but that's a negative point with LSU. Another negative point, and again, we're not going to just be kicking on the Tigers, but we're super happy with the way LSU played as a whole. But another negative point was it was a little bit of a slow start again. Fall behind 7 nothing right out of the gate. You can't get any stops in the first half defensively. It was a little bit of negative. You know, you can't keep spotting teams' leads. It's, it's okay to play from out front sometimes. And then the last one is that you had the game won. It's 42-21 to going to the fourth quarter. And you let them cut it to a one-score game. You almost kind of quasi-let off the gas. I would like to see a little more killer instinct. Now, kudos to the team. When it became 42-35, to you did go drive down the field, eat up a lot of time, get the game-winning field goal. But they made it a little too close for comfort. It was a game that they had well in control. Now, let's talk about the good stuff. Look, if I want to sit here on Monday mornings, every Monday, and kick on this guy whenever he's not playing poorly, I got to give him an attaboy when he does. Kayshawn Bouti was phenomenal on Saturday. Six catches, 115 yards, he was phenomenal. And Brian Kelly said openly after the game, we made him a captain. And the reason why we made him a captain is because he decided on Monday, I'm going to show up, I'm going to bust my ass every single day, and... Let's go get it. So, it's great to see that winning effort from from Boutte, or from Boutte, rather, I'm sorry. But it doesn't excuse the fact that it took seven games for him to give a hoot about what was going on. Because now the hand has been laid out. Brian Kelly has openly said, all right, he just took it to another level this week. That's why we made him a captain. That's why he did so well. Which leads you to believe that maybe loafing was part of the reason why he wasn't doing so well before. Maybe it was a little apathy. Maybe he wasn't fully bought in. So great job on the the making tons and tons of winning plays, catching big passes, blocking down the field. But you don't get a pass for wasting half of your season to get to this point. So Booty did play well, 6 for 115. And you know what? When he plays this way, the LSU offense is completely different. Completely different. They're a different unit when they have that defined number one receiver who you have to help off of with safeties, and it creates opportunities that were not otherwise there. Another positive. Boy, throughout the course of the year, Jaden Daniels has been a bit of an enigma. Some fans like him. Some fans think he's terrible. We've heard Jordan Jefferson whispers. That's always been ridiculous. He's much better than Jordan Jefferson ever was. But I think we could all agree, no matter whether you were a big 
proponent of him or not coming into the game, that kid was exceptional on Saturday. He did everything that you would want an SEC quarterback to do. Threw for 349 yards with three touchdowns at a high percentage, 23 of 32. He threw it short when he needed to throw short. He threw intermediate when he needed to throw intermediate. And he stretched the field down the field when he had to stretch the field down the field. He stood in the pocket when it made sense to stand in the pocket. When it was time to run, he broke out of the pocket and went run and make plays. He scored three touchdowns with his legs. The kid combined for six touchdowns. He had a hand in every single touchdown that LSU scored. The kid was unbelievably good on the road in a rowdy environment. The Tennessee game wasn't his best moment. But remember what we said last week? The key of this LSU season is not to get not not to never get knocked down. The key is to always keep getting back up and getting better after you get knocked down. Jaden Daniels got put on his butt against Tennessee. He bounced back and was tremendous on Saturday. Exceptionally good. That was the best game an LSU quarterback has played since Joe Burrow. Right there. 349, three touchdowns, no interceptions, three rushing touchdowns. No one's equaled that. Don't tell me about those Miles Brennan games because LSU lost those Miles Brennan games. That was the best LSU quarterback performance since Joe Burrow, right there. Another positive Josh Williams. Where the hell did this kid come from? He's like a walk on kid that just doesn't take no for an answer, just keeps competing, keeps playing. One of the biggest plays of the game for my dollar came the first play of the third quarter. LSU's winning 28-21, to 21, and they were even talking about it on the commentary team. It was like, well, man, we've not seen LSU play offense like this. Will they sustain this for the rest of the game? The first play of the third quarter, just a little inside gift to Williams. Doesn't look like he has much. Looks like he's going to gain just one or two yards. Nope, breaks a tackle, breaks a tackle, breaks a tackle, bounce outside, cut back in. Turns it into like a 40-something yard gain. And right out of the gate, you're right back in Florida territory, ready to go jam it in the end zone again. That was one of the biggest plays of the game. That guy plays with heart and determination and runs harder than a lot of running backs. He doesn't have the talent that a lot of these guys have, but he's a walk-on by nature. He's got it in that fabric of, I'm going to just outwork you. And on Saturday, more often than not, when they gave him the ball, he outworked the guy in front of him and just kept the legs moving, kept pumping. That was great to see. And then another positive and the last note that I'll leave you guys with, LSU made the right hire. If we're leaving this up to Brian Kelly or Napier, and I get there were other options, Lincoln Riley and all these other guys, but... A lot of folks think that the two that were in most serious consideration or the two that wanted the job the most were either Kelly or Napier. And then, of course, as legend would have it, LSU really didn't want Napier and they didn't think he was as qualified for the job. So they kind of looked some other places and that's when Lincoln Riley comes up and then they end up finding Kelly. Brian Kelly's a better football coach than Billy Napier is. Now he's older, he's got more experience, and maybe Napier could grow into that. But it's, it's not easy at times watching Florida play offense. Their route trees aren't good. Their play design isn't great. And we told you last week, like, it's a Florida offense that they turn it over a lot. It's not complex. It's painful to watch. And again, they scored 35. They did. 
But they took advantage of some big kind of fluky plays to get to those 35. Their route tree is not good. Watching them when they were down 10 trying to scramble at the end, they didn't have a chance. We've been playing football for, for six weeks, and they wouldn't have been able to score. They didn't have a chance. And it's easy to blame Richardson for that and just say, oh, he just needs to get the right quarterback. But it was always the same thing at Lafayette, too. They always struggled to throw. They always struggled to hit plays down the field, and they always struggled to come back from behind because they didn't have that explosiveness. I saw a team that, if not for some bad special teams mistakes, would have gotten mauled at home. Take away the freebies early. They would have gotten mauled at home. LSU's got the better of the two. One guy's won 200-plus games and has been to the college football playoff and has won everywhere he's ever been. Ever been. The other guy won a New Orleans board, too. To me, I know which one I would prefer out of the two, and it showed loud and proud on Saturday night. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to go to the NFL for a minute. We'll talk some New Orleans Saints. They fall in their matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals in a heartbreaker. It's play-by-play here in KLEB. There are a lot of reasons Tanner McGee spent the last seven years fighting for families in the legislature. But there are three that stand above the rest. Julia, Grace, and Kate. As a father of triplet girls, Tanner believes the most important things we can give our children is a loving home and a safe community. That's why he served in the legislature and why with over a decade of legal experience, Tanner McGee will be a judge our families can depend on. Paid for by the friends of Tanner McGee. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. Feels like home. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, where the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Cola, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. 
Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective. Guaranteed. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. Feels like home. At Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center, we're improving the health and well-being of the region one person at a time. And this means more tea times, more play time, more time to do good, more fast time, and more once upon a time. Isn't it time you started living your best life? Change starts here at Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center. Welcome back to Play by Play. We spent the last segment of the show talking some LSU football. Now we'll dive into some New Orleans Saints talk here as the Saints fall 30 to 26 in the dome against the Cincinnati Bengals, a game that was just disheartening to see because I thought that New Orleans played about as well as they could play offensively. And when you're at home and you're playing that well and you're doing like pretty much all that you could do at home, you got to win those games, man. You got to figure out a way to slam the door. You have the ball late. All you got to do is get a first down. They come up with just some terrible scheme and just kind of concede to punt the ball and look I know you guys are the same as as me everybody in the world knew that once the Bengals got the ball back and they were down just two points they were scoring whether it was a last second field goal whether it was a last second touchdown or whether it was a touchdown on the first play that remained to be seen but we all knew they were scoring they were not going to get stopped And it just leads to a greater, broader conversation. The Saints are 2-4. and And as a head coach and a former defensive coordinator and a highly effective defensive coordinator at that, which is what Dennis Allen was, it leads to a broader conversation of, now we're through six games. That's a third of the season. You play 18 games now. That's a third of the season. What is New Orleans good at? Okay, so you're a head football coach. What's your identity? What should your team be good at? I would assume that a Dennis Allen team would be good defensively. That's his MO. He's got a lot of his salary cap tied up on his defense. He's got a lot of big, explosive, well-known players on his defense. Let me tell you guys a secret. Outside of the Tampa Bay game, New Orleans has not been good on defense this year. 
outside of the Tampa Bay game, the Saints defense has actually been poor. Not even average, poor. New Orleans is ranked 28th in the NFL in points allowed. 26.3 points allowed per game. So let me ask you guys this. You guys have watched the Saints play offense this season. If right out of the gate we're saying up front the other team's going to have 26 points, how many games do you think the Saints are going to win? Meaning that they have to, out of the gate, score 27 just to have a chance. How many games do you think the Saints are going to win? Not many, right? Well, that's why you're 2-4. and four. The biggest piece of concern for me about the Dennis Allen era and why I'm not all the way locked into this thing working out is threefold. The first is the history, right? He was in Oakland. It was a, it was a disaster. The roster there was an Oakland roster, right? And we're not, we can't hold that fully against him because a lot of guys would have lost there. The second is the fact that every time it's close and it's, you know, push or shove time with the exception of Atlanta where they did pull it out late. When it's close and it's heated and it's let's go make a play time, the team's coming up short, routinely coming up short. And then the third thing is that defense. Why is your defense not good, coach? Why does your team doesn't have an identity? Why don't they have that identity? Why is your defense not playing at the level that it should be playing at? Why not? You haven't faced elite quarterbacks. You faced Marcus Mariota, Tom Brady, who's not playing at an elite level, Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, and then Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow yesterday was probably the guy playing at the highest level of anybody that you faced. Why is your defense not forcing turnovers? You've got one interception all season. What's going on there? And I think that lack of identity should be worrisome. Because look, it's greater than the 2-4 and four record. Because Sean Payton had a stretch of three years in a row where his team was 7-9. and nine. But guess what? The Saints had every one of those seasons. They had a badass offense that was scoring 30-35 points every week. They had an identity. So the area that the head coach specialized in was an area that was kicking chicken. Not seeing that right now with New Orleans. If you would be 2-4 and four and you'd be losing every week 17-10 to 10 or 20-17 to 17 and it's a defensive struggle and you just kind of get gutted at the end, everybody would understand. Okay, Andy Dalton's playing. He's not the best. Winston's out there. He's hurt. He's not the best. The receivers are hurt. That's not ideal. Everybody would understand. But when you're losing shootouts with the offense that you have, an offense that has no business being effective, when you're losing shootouts, that's disheartening. When you're playing with the lead at home and you're winning 26-24 to with just two minutes left and the crowd's making noise and they're cutting up and they're going crazy, and you give up a one-play touchdown drive with the game on the line, and it's their best player who catches it, a guy who should be bracketed, their best player catches it, that's discerning. When you're playing Minnesota a couple weeks ago, and you're in control of the game, you're leading 22-19, to 
and you let Justin Jefferson get open over and over and over and over again, their best player. The NFL is a very simple sport. For as complex and as detailed and as as schematic as it could be where we could draw X's and O's on a whiteboard until the cows come home, it's a very simple sport. The teams that have their best players play the best on Sundays are the teams that win. And then likewise, on the flip side or the reverse to that, the teams that prevent other teams' best players from playing well are the teams that also win. The Buffalo Bills do this better than anyone. There was a stat yesterday about how well the Bills defend the number one receiver of the team that they're facing. So their strategy is simple. Their strategy is, hey, we have a man-child at quarterback. He's going to go throw for 400 yards. We're going to score 30 points, and we're not going to let your best playmakers get in space ever. And it works for them. How wouldn't that work? The Saints don't have that same identity right now. You have a defensive-minded head coach playing with scraps on offense. And their offense, some kind of way, musters a great game plan. Scores 26 points. Has no business scoring 26 points. Running the ball down Cincinnati's throat. 228 rush yards. You have the ball late with the lead. And you can't find a way to win the game because your damn defense can't get a stop. That's disheartening. And I think that's worrisome. The fact that the Bengals had three straight fourth quarter drives where they scored on all of them. Or three straight second half drives, rather, they scored on all of them. Jamar Chase catching a touchdown pass in the third quarter. Then the Saints go on their big long drive. Then the Bengals have a 52-yard field goal to cut the lead. And then they get the ball back and then it's the one play touchdown to Chase. You would have told me before this game that New Orleans was going to rush for 200, score 26. I would have bet any sum the Saints would have won that game, trusting the fact that at home in the Dome, they would have gotten some pressure, they would have did this, they would have did that, even without Lattimore, I would have had faith in that Saints defense. But now, I don't know if there's much faith left to give in a unit that's 28th in the NFL in scoring offense and is in the middle of the pack in total yards and everything in between. I think it's time that we concede that that's a unit that just right now, frankly, is not playing well. And that's discerning because it's the head coach who's the brainchild of what's supposed to be the strongest unit on the field. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to talk with Brian Colley. He's going to be a happy camper. The Tarpons got a victory over Morgan City. We'll talk with him about that and more. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this quick commercial timeout. It's Ram Power Days at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups of their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Hello, friends. Friends and family, Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? 
Come see us at DoFriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the DoFriend difference. You have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Terrebonne General Health System, where medical science meets the art of caring, is committed to providing the latest advances in medical technology with a gentle caring touch. This is evident in our high-tech, high-touch approach to healthcare. As a trusted healthcare resource, we deliver both life-saving, compassionate inpatient services and life-changing preventive care, while also providing wellness needs and outreach throughout the Bayou region. To learn about how Terrebonne General is providing innovative healthcare solutions, visit tghealthsystem.com. And welcome back to Play by Play. Casey Jistler here. We go to the phone lines for the first time in the show. We go to South Lafouche High School where we have their athletic director, Coach Brian Colley, on for his usual Monday afternoon interview. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How are you? Good afternoon. Doing well. Hope you're doing well. Yep, we are doing well, buddy. Uh, it was a good weekend, and it was a good weekend to be a Tarpon man. Homecoming. Um, the Tarpons played well, got their offense going, got some stops defensively, and took care of a Morgan City team. Without much drama, you know, Morgan City ran with it for about a quarter, but from about the middle of the second quarter on, it was all Tarpons, and that was good to see. Yeah, Tarpons took control uh, in that second quarter and just uh, and coasted to a victory. Offense came out, and, like, they've been doing pretty much all year. They were kind of consistent, you know, uh, passing the ball. Uh, Coach Young came in with a game plan to pass more, and uh, that's what he did. They didn't run the ball, ball a whole lot, the runs that it did have. Carson Ogeron would kind of scramble. Uh, a few quarterback runs mix, mixed in there. And the uh, daughter kid, uh, Landon, breaks a, a, a big run uh, later in the game and gave them a, a 100, close to 200 yards rushing, ended up with uh, over 300 yards pass. And so offense was clicking, and the defense was uh, was very aggressive up front. 
a lot of times they were getting pressure on the quarterback with even some three-man front looks. And I think it had a big part uh, in the game with that pressure that they, they put on the quarterback. Josh Mack was excellent in the three games that he started, and he did things that very few freshmen probably around the state could do, given the lack of running game and given the fact that they were behind by a lot in those games. But look, man, BJ said it. It's just a different energy with Carson. He could do things with his feet. He could make plays. He could extend plays. It's just a different type of quarterback and a guy who was making some things happen in a big way on Friday. Yeah, you know, different type quarterback, more of a, a runner and uh, leadership-wise where you got a guy that's a junior compared to a guy that's, uh, you know, a freshman and, you know, not knocking Mac. He, Mac, he did a great job, but that experience that Carson has is, uh, I mean, you, you can't top it. And uh, it's, just, you know, it's just a different vibe when uh, Carson gets in there and uh, Tarpon's uh, we're moving the football. Short week, uh, taking on St. Louis on Thursday, a game you'll be able to hear right here on KLEB. And look, I saw BJ actually at the, the gas station yesterday. Uh, and they had just gotten out of practice. I asked him how he went. He said, oh, I went pretty good. Um, you know, just kind of moving everything up a day, right? Their Monday practice was on Sunday and, and just kind of moving everything up in advance for the Thursday game, right? Yeah, that's all they're doing. And I'm sure the day seems like uh, using some of these kids because they came in practice. Uh, yesterday on that Sunday, and uh, you got to give credit to those kids. I mean, a lot of them had a homecoming the night before, and to come out at nine o'clock the next morning and practice that that shows uh, there's a lot to these young men and his coaching staff to get these kids out there and practice that early after you know homecoming night. But uh, you know, from what I'm hearing, it was a good practice, and hopefully uh, they can build on it today and tomorrow and uh, get ready for that game on Thursday. They're going to have to be ready for that game on Thursday, but St. Louis is really damn good. They're 6-1. and one. They've got some good wins over some quality opponents. Uh, we've seen some really good teams this season, Letcher being one that stands out. I don't know that they'll be all the way on that level, but this will be another one of those games where the Tarpons are going to have to play really, really well to have to give themselves a chance. Yeah, they will. You know, yeah, they're not on the Letcher level, but just watching a little bit of film, their offensive defensive lines, I think the Tarpons could uh, – have success on, on both sides of the ball and uh, their offense they're uh, not very big they got decent size but their quarterbacks are really good player they love to run their quarterback a lot of these reads that they got to run with them they read kind of like the defensive end or, or the last man on line of scrimmage if uh, that guy comes out you know they'll give it if he crashes in quarterback will pull and, and run the ball and they have a fullback it's a very hard runner so uh, St. Louis will come out. I think they're uh, they're going to try and run the ball a little bit more because that's what they've been doing all year is running the ball more than uh, than passing. Let's talk a little college, man. Kudos to you. You're the one who called it uh, all week long. I've been kind of scuffling or uh, sniffling, and as you've been saying, the Tennessee was going to beat Alabama. Well, sure enough, they you know they defend their home field and they beat the Crimson Tide on a last second field goal. And it's just crazy to think because if the ball bounces differently a couple of different times, we'd be sitting here on October 17th, and Alabama could realistically right now have three losses. What's going on, man? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, Dan, I've been seeing it all year. Their, their defense is really not um, up to par. I think where it should be to be a number one team or to be even in, in, in the top four. They uh, – a lot of times they don't tackle the guy on first contact. If you watch that game a few times, uh, the first contact, if they bring the guy down, they stop him. But 
for whatever reason, a guy breaks tackles and they, uh, they end up picking a first down, making up the first down and, uh, they can't cover in the defensive secondary. Their defensive backs are just getting burnt consistently. And with all that, you know, you have a, a call that went against you that, that happened. And, uh, with all that, the way they played and that call that went against them, they still had a chance to, to go ahead and take the lead at the end of the game. And, uh, you know, it come up wide on that field goal, but, uh, they got some things they got to figure out if they're going to be in the mix when it's all said and done. On a more positive note for the teams you root for, Tulane's now in the top 25. They beat South Florida 45-31 to going the road. Uh, Tulane at the beginning of the season was very, very defensive heavy. Now they're starting to get the offense rolling a little bit too, man. They're playing some really good football. Yeah, they are. They are starting to run the ball a little bit better. Uh, their passing game has been coming along. And uh, their defense has been tremendous. I know they gave up a few points this past weekend, but, uh, yeah, they got it rolling right now, and hopefully they can keep things uh, moving in the right direction. I like to talk with you about LSU because you're not a big Tiger guy. It's like you're going to give it to me objective, whereas I'm going to see purple and gold in every shade of you know that I'm looking. LSU goes on the road. They win 45-35. to 35. Offensively, I don't think there's any question. This is as well as they've played all year. You get Daniels throwing the ball, he's running. You get um, Boutte involved, and like that was as clean offensively as it's been all year. I don't know how good Florida is, but even still, LSU struggled against Auburn and some of the lesser teams. It was good to see that Tiger offense get going and get a big road win. Yeah, you know what? what I, my take on after this uh, that Florida game is again LSU beat uh, a team that's not very good, but uh, LSU is getting better. Uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I think uh, they, uh, they, you know, they got weapons, of course. But I think overall they're getting better. And uh, if some teams don't improve, also, I, I think LSU can sneak up on a couple of teams down the stretch. Like, isn't that refreshing though, Cave? It's like it's the first year for Coach Kelly, and look, everybody knows LSU's not going to be in the top four. They, they've got a ways to go. But I thought that the most impressive thing was the fact that okay, you get your butt kicked at home against Tennessee. And there was no lollygagging. Like a lot of LSU teams in the past, after a loss, there'd be a long lull where they didn't play well for a couple of weeks, and some of the guys would start quitting and opting out. But nope, they just said, all right, next Saturday, we'll go get them again. They played maybe their best game of the season. I thought that was really cool to see. Yeah, uh, yeah, you got to give uh, Coach Kelly a lot of credit getting these guys back motivated. And, you know, it's a long season. And I think he's making that team understand you know, we may not be a championship season uh, this year, but uh, you're setting the foundation for what's to come in the next few years. And if they can uh, get their special teams on the same page as what the rest of their uh, offense and defense is on, I think um, you know you got to watch out for this team in the uh, coming weeks. No doubt. Uh, the Saints had a tough one on Sunday, man. You play well on offense and, you know, run the ball and have some success, but – at the end of the day, couldn't keep the Bengals out of the end zone and then couldn't convert on the two-minute drive when you had it back. Look, man, it's a team that I, it just feels like they're snake bit and they just invent ways to lose. It gets close at the end, and they just find a way to not be able to hold on. Now two and four, taking on Arizona in a short week. Um, man, it was disappointing. Because, look, New Orleans, I thought, outplayed Cincinnati but still came up on the short end of it, and that's usually not a good sign in the NFL. Well, can we talk about the Braves instead? <laughs> I mean, look, this, uh, this Saints team is so frustrating to watch uh, if you're a Saints fan. And, uh, again, they, uh, you had a chance to, to win the game 
at the end, you pick up one, two first downs for sure. You, you the game's yours. Uh, they don't do it. They go a three and out. And when you get in the red zone, you, you got to score touchdowns. And when you get your your opponents in the red zone, you know you can't allow them to score touchdowns every time. And uh, and you got to tackle. And I think that's the the biggest thing. Where uh, with the Saints is they don't tackle well. They um, this past game in the red zone, they couldn't get the touchdowns when they needed. And the end of the game is when uh, when everything's on the line. You don't get the punt that you needed. And, um, you know, you just didn't tackle and allow the, you know, the Bengals. They're talented now, and, but you had a chance to beat them at home. And uh, crazy thing about it, it's not, all, it's not over for the Saints because, again, that NFC South, seems like nobody wants to win it. And uh, just somebody else got to come up besides Atlanta and win. <laughs> Take care of this one. <laughs> when, when it was 26-24 to 24 and you're punting it back to Burrow, I'm – over in my racing office, I'm building the newspaper. I'm watching on the iPad. As soon as the Saints made the decision, we're kicking it. I was like, all right, the Bengals are scoring. Like They're at least getting a field goal. Did you have that same sentiment of, like, there's no way the Saints are getting a stop here? Oh, exactly. But I thought what was going to happen, and they were going to uh, kick the ball with, with uh, like a walk-off field goal yeah. to, to win the game. And uh, when Chase caught the ball, when he missed the first tackle, I'm like, go ahead, score. Score, give yeah, us the ball yeah. back, and we got a chance to uh, to come back and win it. And uh, with maybe some different play calling on that last drive for the Saints, it, you know, it may have been different. Saints ran the ball a lot on them, and they just they couldn't run it on that that last drive and just that last pass is just a hail mary trying to make something happen. And uh, I mean, it was a good no call on that that last play, but yeah, I, uh, pretty much every Saints fan in the world I think knew what was going to happen, that the Bengals were scored and just thanks were fortunate enough to get the ball back and still, uh, you know, didn't do it. Why are they not running the ball more? Like, they, okay, even Sunday with as run-heavy as they were, they still threw it more than they ran. 36 passes to 34 rushes. You're getting, li- listen to this, you're getting six and, 6.7 yards per carry, but you're only getting 4.9 yards per pass. I've never in modern era heard of a team that's getting more yards rushing per play than they are passing per play. To me, like just sell out, do it 60% of the time. Why aren't they doing it more? Yeah, I, may, well, uh, with this Lions game, you had so many of your receivers out. Maybe that was playing into their decision, but uh, instead of not passing it, uh, and I, I just, oh, well, I mean, not running the ball. Yeah, I don't know why they were passing it. But uh, it's um, I don't know frustrating to watch these guys, and when you got Ingram and um, Kamara in there, you know that's a one-two punch, and you should stick to it. And look, Sean Payton last year was always everybody was criticizing him because he was passing the ball too much, and uh, right now it's kind of the same. But these short passes, and that's what the Saints did at last drive, was all just these short passes to Alvin Kamara and. Uh, the Bengals are just sitting back, giving them those little six, seven-yard passes. Last question before we let you go. Uh, I know volleyball is playing today, but it's going to be at Golden Meadow because the gym isn't fully ready, the, the the secondary gym. What are some updates on some of the facility stuff going on out there? Yeah, we're still waiting on our uh, our new gym to be released to us. Uh, hopefully this week they got to get come in and work on some volleyball standards. Then they got to get the uh, the bleachers 
attached to the wall and get the motors all hooked up on the bleachers and got to clean the gym, get all that dust and all out. So hopefully that could be this week, but uh, they were supposed to be here this week. And I mean, it's Monday, but uh, they're not here today working. So hopefully they can get that done sometime this week where we can get the gym released to us late this week or next week, hopefully earlier at the latest. The uh, competition gym, uh, they're still working in there. They uh, got some painting to do and some scraping and all that stuff and uh, some ch- uh, changing of the lights and all that before uh, we get any type of a floor put in. But, you know, some good news on that floor, and hopefully by uh, beginning of February, second week in February maybe, uh, we might be able to get into that gym. So there's a slim possibility that uh, last week or so of the basketball season we might be able to get in there. Okay, very good. Well, look, my friend, we thank you so much for the time. We'll chat again soon, man. Look forward to Thursday uh, making the road trip out to Lake Charles, bro. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yep, you too. This is Coach Brian Colley with South Lafouche High School. Doing a great job, as always. Love hearing his perspective. He's been telling me every single week, on air, off air, in private, whatever, he's been telling me every week, Alabama's not very good, and I always roll my, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they're going to win by 20. They could easily have three losses right now. Texas had them on the ropes, had them beat, uh, kind of gagged that one away. Then Texas A&M, you know, the last play of the game, if Jimbo Fisher runs anything other than what he did there at the end, that one could have been different. So it's a situation. It's it's kind of weird to see. It, like You almost don't know how to react to it. An Alabama team that's not just cheese grading everybody that they play, but that's where we are. Let's catch a break on play-by-play when we get back. We've got our W's and L's, and then we'll get our betting picks at the bottom of the show. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The music on the bayou, the rage and Cajun, 1600 AM, KLEB, and 102.7 FM. As a father of triplet girls, State Representative Tanner McGee defended our conservative family values in the legislature. Now... He wants to bring those same values to the Court of Appeal. A respected attorney with over a decade of legal experience, Tanner McGee will be a judge who upholds the Constitution, defends the rule of law, and protects our families from violent criminals, just like he protects his own. Tanner McGee for Judge. Paid for by the friends of Tanner McGee. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Your good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call state farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. 
We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Fence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 Dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Fence RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Fence RV to experience a top 50 dealer or visit us at FenceRV.com. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. play-by-play here on KLEB. Casey Justclair here. We've got our W's and our L's. We'll be breaking down some of the things we liked, some of the things we didn't like from the previous weekend. Our first W is going to make me gag. It's going to make me throw up. I'm going to throw up on the microphone. I'm going to throw up on the mixer here. Weekend W goes to the Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, this is this is painfully brutal. The Phillies beat the Atlanta Braves three games to one and moved to the next round of the playoffs. They just got hot at the right time. I I hate this about the MLB playoffs. I was actually chatting about this with my buddy Jonah earlier today. You play 7,000 games. And after the time that you finish playing your 7,000-game schedule, like, you should have a pretty clear idea of who's who. But instead, we decide the playoff in these the playoff champions in these itty-tiny uh, little bitty bites, these little short series where anybody could beat anybody. The Oakland A's won 60 games this season. 
they could win a best of three with the Astros, or they could, you know, ever potentially win three out of five against the Yankees. I hate that about the baseball playoffs because very rarely does the best team in the sport actually win. And look what we have now. There were four teams in the MLB who won 100 or more games. Every single one of them. Or excuse me, there were four teams in the MLB who won 100 or more games. Three of the four are out already. The only one left standing is the Astros. And look, it's not just sour grapes for me because the Braves lost and they were heavily favored and they were 14 games better than the Phillies during the regular season. It's not just sour grapes about that because I understand fully that last year the Braves were not the best team. They got hot at the right time and they won it all. And I just think it cheapens your season, especially now that we've grown the playoffs to where a lot of people get in. It's almost like you could watch in July, get a pretty good idea of who's going to get in, not get in. Don't really have to watch again. Just turn it back on in September. And whoever's hottest at that time is going to be who wins. And I don't think that's good for the sport. I don't think that's good for the sport. I don't want to see the Phillies face the Padres. I wanted to see the Braves and the Dodgers or the Mets and the Dodgers. Like I want to see the biggest of the big dogs, the teams that have been beating everybody's ass all year long. I want to see those teams play. I don't want to see 87-win Philadelphia Phillies face 92-win Cleveland Guardians in the World Series. I don't want to see that. But that's the way that the baseball playoffs work. Uh, it's just the hottest team, and right now those teams are all playing very well. I don't like it, but I got to also tip my cap. The Phillies were unquestionably better than the Atlanta Braves. Another one that's going to make me nauseous. An L goes to Cooper Rush. The bubble bursted last night. Cooper Rush played exceptionally well for his first several starts. Last night, he wasn't good. Last night, the Cowboys probably outplayed the Phillies. At, oh, the Phillies, listen to me. Probably outplayed the Eagles at the line of scrimmage, but some turnovers flipped that game in the favor of the Eagles. Now you're going to get Dak Prescott back, and I think the key for Dallas is going to be run that same simplified offense with Dak that you run for Rush. Don't grow and expand and try to do all kinds of crazy stuff. That's where you have issues. Stay simple, stay basic, and let Dak do the stuff that Cooper was doing but just potentially do it better. Kayshawn Bouti wins a W for his play. We talked about that earlier in the show. He was exceptional. He was exceptional. From the first snap of the game, he just had a different energy, different vibe, a different hop in his step, and he made it known early, getting some early grabs, making some guys miss breaking tackles. He let it be known early. This is not the me that played earlier in this season. I'm back, and he played great. And if he plays that way the rest of the season, Ole Miss better be on alert. Texas A&M better be on alert. Arkansas better be on alert. LSU can win a bunch of games coming home if he plays like that. Weekend L goes to Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. Y'all, the Packers are not good. In fact, I've, I lost a little money betting on them yesterday. I just assumed, right, you're at home, you're taking on the Jets who, eh, they're maybe a little inflated. I just assumed that Green Bay would get on track and would start playing well. They're not good. They're 3-3. Three and three. They're slumbering. They don't have much of a running game. They couldn't get rolling. Rodgers don't have any weapons. 
Yesterday, Rodgers and the crew scored 10 points and got blasted at Lambeau by the Jets. That's an ugly, ugly result there for Green Bay. I give it the elder Rodgers. It should just be to the whole team because no, nobody out there played well. But, man, that, that was a tough one. Weekend W goes to the Tennessee Volunteers. They did something I didn't think they could do. Watching them play LSU, I thought they were elite. I didn't think that they were the elite of the elite. I was wrong. They were better than Alabama throughout the game. Alabama made some mistakes, sure, but Tennessee contributed to that. Offensively, they're ridiculous. Offensively, they do what they want to do no matter the opponent. Tennessee's going to be a player for the rest of the season. They've got a shot to get into the college football playoff. I think they could play with Georgia. I think it might even be a better matchup for them against Georgia than it was Alabama. They're going to score on anybody. Alabama's got the explosiveness to score back with you. I don't know that Georgia does. An L goes to Tom Brady. I'm a Tom Brady guy, right? And what I mean by that is like I don't root for him per se, but I respect the hell out of his story. You know, the the late round draft pick and all the winning and like I respect and appreciate and understand that what we're seeing right now we're never going to see again. But Tom, it's time to go home, dude. Like you obviously don't like what you're doing anymore. Tom Brady sat out all of camp. He doesn't practice on Wednesdays. This past week, he went to a wedding on Friday, was away from the team, flew and joined the team on Saturday, and then didn't look good. And then had the nerve during the game while losing to the Steelers to bark and yell and scream at his offensive line because they're not working hard enough. Dude, you work one day a week, and you're fussing at the linemen who are getting hit and beat on. The linemen linemen up front, they take hits and contact every play that if that contact were reciprocated to you, it would be a roughing the passer penalty. You can't even touch Tom Brady without it being a penalty. It's got the nerve to to get in their faces and, and be nasty to them. You're the one who left the team Friday. You're the one who doesn't practice on Wednesday. If you don't like the chemistry issues that you have with those guys right now, then maybe stay with the damn team every once in a while. Tampa is another one. We talk about Alabama struggling, maybe not being all that good. Tampa's not good. They're 3-3. Three and three. They are not good. Weekend W goes to Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are the best team in the NFL. Josh Allen is a man-child. 27 of 40, three touchdowns, 329 yards, just 32 yards rushing, but he made the big plays rushing. Diving and hurtling and getting first downs, he lowers his head. The dude's like a defensive lineman who plays quarterback. He's accurate. He's got no fear. He goes on the road. He doesn't care. The Bills are going to be a load to deal with. And now that they got this win over Kansas City, they're in line to potentially get home field, meaning if they have a playoff rematch, it's going to be in Buffalo, which means it's going to be even rowdier there than it was in Kansas City yesterday. Josh Allen was great. And L goes to Lamar Jackson. Oh, Lamar Jackson. I've been telling y'all about Lamar Jackson since I've been doing this show. And every week I see on Twitter, man, Baltimore better pay that man. They better give that man $200 plus million. For what? For what? The Ravens blow a lead every single Sunday. They're the new Falcons of the NFL. They were winning yesterday, and Lamar Jackson threw one of the worst interceptions you will ever see in NFL history. 
The snap goes over his head. He picks it up. He's about 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Off his back foot, just hums it straight to the defense. With the lead, all you've got to do there, Lamar, is just throw it away, punt it, let your team play defense. Daniel Jones is not scoring and beating you. Nope. Back foot, straight to the defense. Lamar Jackson's on pace to have 17 interceptions this year. 17. And on top of that, heaven forbid we get to 65 or 66% completions like one of the elite quarterbacks. Heaven forbid we do that. We're still in the lower 60s there. That ain't changing anytime soon. It's a guy that's going to be injury prone. It's a guy that's going to not be good enough in the pocket to routinely beat defenses. And it's a guy that is always going to leave you wanting more. And the thing that I like the least about it, and I do need to apologize for Lamar because I look back the last couple of years, he has been in the mid-60s completions. So don't at me. The thing that I don't like the most, he had a gruesomely bad turnover a couple of weeks ago that cost his team a game. And he was immediately right after the game on Twitter just kind of LOLing and joking about it. Same thing yesterday. It's okay to turn off the phone every once in a while. You don't always have to act like Jim Helpert on Twitter and try to be witty and try to always draw a laugh out of somebody. It's one thing to make mistakes. It's another thing to grow from them and act like you care. And I don't always see that from Lamar Jackson. That's a little troublesome. W goes to Matt Ryan. Look, we've, we've poked fun of Matt Ryan and how he can't move and he's a statue. And he didn't get sacked at all yesterday. He played great. And they get a big win over the Jaguars. Matt Ryan was tremendous for a Colts team that's looking like they might end up being a factor in this thing after all. Weekend L goes to the Dodgers. What more is there to say? The Dodgers won 110 games and were one of the best teams in the history of the sport, and they don't even survive the first round of the playoffs, losing in four games to a team that they dominated throughout the course of the regular season. That's unacceptable. Got to do better, and I got a feeling in the next couple of days, Dave Roberts is going to get an axe slung on his neck for that one. I don't know that he's going to survive that one. Weekend W goes to Lindsey Scott of Incarnate Word. Lindsey Scott has evolved his game, man. I was at the Nichols game. I actually called it on radio, and thanks so much for the the Colonel Sports Radio Network giving me that opportunity. I had a blast. I watched Lindsey Scott play in Nichols. Lindsey was a guy who would get the snap. If the first read was open, he hits it. If not, I'm running. He ain't that anymore. The coaching staff in Incarnate Word has evolved his game. He's a Different beast. And Cardin Word has played seven games. In those seven games, Lindsey Scott has 32 touchdown passes, 2,477 yards. That dude has changed the way that he plays. He doesn't run anymore, stays in the pocket, and just slings. And he has been exceptional this year. Weekend L goes to USC. Oh, big Lincoln Riley. The guy that LSU should have got, right? They played somebody with a pulse for the first time on Saturday. Womp, womp. Down you go. You fall to Utah Utes, 43-42. to And this has always been the knock on Lincoln Riley. This is why I never was in favor of Lincoln Riley at LSU. Dude does not give a damn about defense. It's just score, 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 score. We'll score 80 and we'll beat you 80-75. to Well, sometimes the opponent will get a stop. 
and then you'll have to play from behind. You'll have to chase. That's what Utah did. They got up on them. They pulled away, gave up 43 points to Utah, gave up 16 catches and 234 yards to a tight end for the Utah Utes that coming into that game had barely had 15, 20 catches all season. Unacceptable and inexcusable, but not surprising given the way that Lincoln Riley's career has gone to this point. One last W, the Atlanta Falcons, brother. The Atlanta Falcons might be the best team in the South. Uh, I think the entire South is lacking. The Falcons might be the best team in the South. They're 3-3. Three and three. They're starting to find some rhythm and some groove. They run it well. Mariota's having a nice season. They might be the best team in the South. I, I, I don't know where to turn. And not Carolina. I don't know. New Orleans, maybe Tampa. Tampa doesn't look interested. Atlanta's going to be in play in all of this. And they get a big, dominant win against San Francisco. Let's catch a break. When we get back, I'll give you a couple of things to bet on tonight for Monday Night Football. It's play-by-play on KLEB. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. It's Ram Power Days at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups of their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Hello, friends. Friends and family, Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Fence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 Dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Fence RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Bents RV to experience a top 50 dealer or visit us at BentsRV.com. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients, offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets with cages and certified safety slings for easy maneuvering, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7 in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas. Visit Joe's Septic at Viscom.net. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. 
blankets. Feels like home. Want to become a certified babysitter? Terrebonne General Health System is excited to offer super sitter classes. Participants will learn first aid and CPR along with safety, business, and basic child care skills. Classes are for ages 11 to 15 and will be held at Terrebonne General. Upon completion of the program, students will receive a two-year American Red Cross Babysitter CPR first aid certification. Our summer sessions are about to kick off. For class schedules and prices or to register, call 985-850-6204 or visit tghealthsystem.com. I want to thank my buddy, Coach Brian Colley, for his time today. It's play-by-play wrapping up, putting a pin in this one. We'll thank the sponsors one more time, and then we'll get to some of the things you should be looking at in Vegas. The Blue Boot Foundation, Bent's RV, located on Highway 90 in Boutique, Southland Dodge and Homa, Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. Dufresne Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home. And Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. Then a reminder, we've also got Varsity Football, not on Friday, on Thursday this week, Varsity Football out in St. Louis. That's out in the Lake Charles Sulphur area. Pre-game about 6.30, kickoff at 7 o'clock. Tarpons taking on St. Louis. Broadcast is sponsored by 3T Oil, Lady of the Sea General Hospital, State Bank and Trust Company, Advanced Eye Institute, State Form Agent Ashley Barrios, Danos, Golden Motors, Dufresne Building Materials, and Tanner McGee for Judge Court of Appeals. In addition to Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, Joe Septic Contractors, Terrebonne General Medical Center, <clears throat> Southland Dodge, Rouse's Markets, South Lafouche Bank, Rev, and Heather Hendricks, candidate for Lafouche Parish Judge Division A. Okay, today I've got a baseball pick for you right out of the shoot. I'm going Yankees money line. Minus 154. Um, 154, they're going to, I think, take on the Guardians. I think that they'll get the win. So give me Yankees minus 154 over the Guardians today. I think they'll win that series. Monday night football tonight, I think, is a little bit of a different animal. Um, I'm not touching that. I'm not touching plus four and a half, minus four and a half. I'm not messing with none of that stuff. But there are some other things there that I think that we can maybe cash in on. I'm going to go over. 200, uh, wait, let's see. Well, that number just changed, so we're not taking that one anymore. Like, literally, at, like in between the commercial break to now, the number for Russell Wilson's passing yards have changed. But I will still take Russell Wilson over 20 completions. I think that's a good, safe bet there. And then I will also take Austin Eckler over 13 and a half rush attempts for a Monday night football game that, yo, I just don't have a good read on. I just don't have a good read on. I don't know how this one's going to go. Uh, I could see Denver winning. I could see the Chargers winning. I could see it being low scoring, high scoring. I don't have a great read either way in any direction, so we're going to stay away from that. We're going to take the baseball, and we're going to take a couple of props. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with our Terrebonne General Tuesday. Uh, we'll have Stan on. We'll, uh, then Wednesday, we'll have BJ and Taylor and you know all the usual stuff. All the stuff that we uh, usually do is what we'll make happen here on Play by Play. This case is just going to wrapping up. Hey, y'all. I don't know if you listen to the, the news on the TV or watch the news or read the news. It's going to be cold tomorrow. So if you haven't, you know, dusted out the sweaters and you know, pulled everything out and run your heater yet, get that little burnt smell out of there. Get ready. It's coming. It's going to be in the 40s tomorrow morning. 
So just wanted to give you guys a little update there. That tomorrow's show, that will be a little winter feel, a little taste of uh, of Father Cold. The North Pole will be coming, and looking forward to that very much. So just a reminder to us that you know football season is going to be having a tight grip. It's going to be some football weather finally where we'll have to wear some sleeves and the hoodies and everything of this sort. So can't wait for that. Can't wait for tomorrow's show. I'll wrap it up right here. This is Casey Jessler signing off. Have a great rest of the day. Hope your Monday treats you as well as it has treated me so far. God bless everybody. Be back tomorrow. See ya. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. There are a lot of reasons.